people have goals and aspirations that I truly believe are not their own. Meaning they're still allowing their ship, if we're going to call it that as a reference, it's being captained by thin by cells. And, and we can even think of all the classic stuff we're told, go to school, right? Get your degree, get a job, get the wife, get the kids. Now, if that's what you want to do, fantastic. But what if that's not what you want to do? What if one or two of those things are different? Are you ready to bring your real estate game to the next level? My name is James Prendamano. I'm the CEO and founder of Creel. And over the past 25 years, I've closed over a billion dollars in transactional real estate. Each week, I'm meeting with outstanding investors, high-performing individuals, and visionaries operating in the real estate space. These are the people that are actually out there in the real estate game right now getting it done. This podcast aims at bringing anyone's game to the next level. This is the Pre-Real Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Pre-Real Podcast. We are joined today by Brian Casella. Uh, we've got number one ranked real estate educator, uh, best-selling author, and absolutely empowering epic coach. Uh, Brian, I'm really excited to have you on today, man. James, man, thanks for having me, dude. Uh, I'm excited. It's always good to start Monday with the with the podcast and and get the week going, you know. Yeah. So um, we've had over the years a number of of different coaches and educators on, and as the founder of, of Team BC, your your message and the reason I was particularly excited to have you on is you recognize and you're really upfront with in all of your content about like, I can't do this stuff for you. And yeah. you talk a lot about this. This requires incredible intention from mm -hmm. the individual that's seeking the coaching. Um, we have long learned the hard way that you can take the best systems on the planet and stack them up on top of each other. If you don't have buy-in or the right mindset, from the individual they're useless yep so at what point in your journey did that land for you because i know with me it, it took a bit great question man um maybe it's my background right i was a professional athlete before i got into real estate and jumped into the entrepreneurial world and i always was one who demanded more from myself Right. Like I, I, I wasn't the one to come into a team like I play basketball. Right. I never wanted to come in and coast through the season. I wanted to be first. I demanded more of myself, meaning I wanted to be the best performer on the court. I wanted the most steals, the most blocks, the most points. Right. So that that seed in me was always there, because even when I got into my basketball career, I wanted to make the NBA and, and be top dog. I didn't just get in like, oh, you know, I'm here to get some exercise in and do it as a pastime. I wanted to be the best. So when I got into real estate and I got into entrepreneurship, it was new to me. So there was a lot of fear associated with all that and a lot of uncertainty. However, I knew, hey, I got to do the same thing I did in basketball, learn the fundamentals, learn the basics, apply them at a high level, get to work, put my head down, and then, you know, work. And I I knew that was the answer, maybe because I had already established that pattern in athletics. But I knew at the end of the day, when I looked around, and I looked at other people, I noticed, man, they're doing it wrong, 
right? They're doing it wrong. Everybody's gossiping. Everybody's talking, right? Everybody's doing everything except for the work. And I still see it a lot. And that's why I continue to preach it because it, it's still missing. A lot of people are distracted. And you know, nowadays with social media, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. I laugh, dude, at the ads that I get telling people, oh, do this. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's like people will come up with anything to not do the work. And it still just blows my mind, man. So uh, I, I had recently tweeted about this, that I'm sick and tired of these posts and these institutes where they're selling, you know, you want to work for a minute a day and make $100,000 an hour, <laughs> like, you know, follow these three steps. And now you're a multifamily expert. And yeah. I got a lot of blowback from that. And people were saying, oh, you know, there's a value and you have to pay for access to knowledge. And that I totally agree with. What I don't agree with is I call them TikTok investors, like this BS that there's a hack and you can circumvent. I've been doing this now almost 30 years. Um, this is my life. My wife and my children are first. This is 1A. Like that's the path I chose. And it, it's a it's a long, difficult journey. Um, and folks tend to find all the reasons why they can't do what you're doing and and many others are now doing um and it takes typically a pivotal moment so for you having that background as an athlete at that level uh, i can see how that was without that discipline you, you have no chance right you're competing against literally the best in the world but where did it come from what was this just a gift that you were born with where you had great intention and discipline or was there uh, someplace along the way, a mentor, something? Yeah. So th there's twofold and two ways I can answer that question. When it came to real estate, I remember my first broker when I started and got licensed, he told me early on, he said, you know what, Brian, uh, 90, 95% of this business is going to be like your mindset because that's what's going to dictate how everything goes, how you live your life, how you work if you don't work, Right. And I remember stashing that in my mind, like, yeah, whatever, old man, like, just that that's all fluff, right? Because you hear about the Tony Robbins stuff and, and personal development. And before really knowing about it, you kind of just write it off, right? So uh, two weeks into my career, I kind of hit a wall where I was working a lot, but the pressure started building, right? I'm getting rejected. I'm not getting the result. And that for me in real estate was that aha moment about two weeks in because, dude, I was taking massive action. I'm knocking on doors all day, making phone calls, and I'm just getting my ass kicked, right? And about two weeks in is when I had that aha. Now, in regards to that seed or having that in me, the only thing that I think allowed me to tap into that in my athletic career prior to getting into real estate and taking the entrepreneurial route was... I was very clear about what I wanted. So when I looked at basketball in that career, nothing else existed outside of that to me, right? So when we talk purpose and clarity, even in my younger days, it was there with that. It's almost like the stubborn six-year-old kid that tells you they want to be an astronaut. Try to talk that kid out of being an astronaut and he's just not going to let you, right? And then we lose that when we, be, when we, become, uh, when we become adults, right? When we grow up, Hey, you got to face reality, right? And we lose that 
childlike stubbornness. So as much as we have a lot of innocence and things as a child that we need to develop, there's actually a lot of good raw material that you have in you as a human being when you're a kid. And when you reconnect with that as an adult, it's tremendously powerful. So th that's literally what I carried over into real estate. When I chose entrepreneurship and real estate and sales and all the stuff that I'm doing now, I said, okay, this is it. The commitment is made. I will figure this thing out. There's no plan B. There's no, you know, uh, well, I can do this and fall back on this. It was like, I'm going 100% on this, burning the boats, whatever you want to call it. And that's it. And I think that has what, or what opened up within me, the vehicle to be able to do that type of stuff. Because I believe this dedication that I have in discipline, it's accessible to everybody. I'm just not like a puppet, right? On strings being distracted by everything. I've picked what I want and I'm going after it. And there's no apology about it. There's no, well, let me see what you're doing over here. No, it's just, this is it. And I chose it, right? And I think that's been lost in today's age more than anything. And I get, get messages all the time from people. Hey, I'm thinking about doing X, Y, Z, A, B, C. I'm like, dude, pick one, pick one. But again, like you said, the TikTok influencers are telling them to do everything else. So everybody's just this kind of um, monstrosity of 20,000 different things instead of just choosing one and going with it. And I think maybe maybe people are saying not to do that. I, I really don't know why it's so hard for people to pick one thing and just go with it. Uh, but I, I try to hammer that message to people because I believe to answer your question, that was the reason that I was able to tap into discipline and and doing and moving like I am is because this is what I want. This is what I'm going after. And this is what I'm dedicated to do. That's it. So I, I think I think a big part of the reason is fear. And you touched on fear a little earlier. And fear can be a, a great motivator in a limited, limited vein. But it's also just death on ambition. If you allow those doubts to creep in uh, and and even high performers don't recognize that they allow these roadblocks to kind of get in the way and stop mm. them from going all in because then you've got to face the reality of look everybody it's the it's the the way of today fail forward and it's okay to fail and everyone talk, but it's it is hard man it is hard to go all in on something and get your ass handed to you and mm. it's humbling and uh, it can be incredibly empowering if you have that intention and if you have that level of focus. But I think for a lot of folks, they're afraid of knowing that they went all in on something and it didn't work. So they never, ever, I would say the vast majority of people never get to that place where they are all in on anything. Absolutely. Yeah. And I really think a lot, a lot of individuals too, um, and this goes back, right? A lot of people have goals and aspirations that I truly believe are not their own, meaning they're still allowing their ship, if we're going to call it that as a reference, it's being captained by and by cells. And, and we can even think of all the classic stuff we're told, go to school, right? Get your degree, get a job, get the wife, get the kids. Now, if that's what you want to do, fantastic. But what if that's not what you want to do? What if one or two of those things are different? but you internally want to go left, but everything else is telling you to go right. Now you're conflicted. Now you're not in clarity on purpose and being able to move forward. You're this person who's being pulled two different ways, like the old, you know, the horses, right? When they would torture you and kind of 
split you apart. So I, I think that that has a big um, weight on this situation and this question that you asked me, because that I believe is why I was able to make it through those moments because I chose even getting into real estate. I remember those initial goals that I made. Those were so dear to my heart that you could have had anybody, the most respected person on the planet, come and sit down with me and try to talk me out of it. And I would have said, no way, dude, you're crazy. This is what I want. And this is what I'm going after. Like you or no one else is going to stop me because this is coming from me. This amount of money, this person that I want to become, these skills that I want to acquire are dear to my heart. And I really want that. Like that's exactly what I want. So now when I'm faced with the fear and these temporary situations and roadblocks that we go over, my commitment to that long-term vision is there. And I say, okay, for me to acquire that, as uncomfortable as this is, I'm going to have to face this and get through it. There's no running away or going left or going right. I have to face this head on. Again, as uncomfortable as it is and make it through this thing because that version of me as an example, right? I want that so bad. And I was just so clear about that, man. So when I, I, I didn't take it for granted to do these exercises like the vision board and your business plan and, and how much money you wanted to make, I didn't just go through the motions doing that stuff. I would get in the lab in my little apartment and spend hours working on that stuff saying, is this really what I want? How much money do I want? Like, what do I want the future to look like? And really making sure that it's coming from me. That way, when the ink went to paper, it was for real. And now when you look at those, those images that you put up and all that writing on the wall every day, it just hypes you up because you're like, that's what I want. And you're clear about it. And I would obsess about it. The cars that I wanted, I had little pictures like in my suit pocket. Uh, I had it on my ceiling. So right when I woke up, it was the first thing that I saw. I had it on my, um, my bathroom vanity mirror, right? I had it on a little fold mirror on the car all the symbolism and pictures of things that I said that I wanted and the suits that I wanted to wear and how I imagined myself speaking in front of people, all that stuff, man. But I put the pen to paper and it was for real. And then I had reminders of that everywhere, even the background on my phone. So everywhere I looked, I was just being stimulated and reminded of exactly who I wanted to be and where I wanted to go. So for me to make it through those uncomfortable situations, as uncomfortable as it was, it was just my duty and my obligation to do it. I didn't have a recourse. So this is powerful stuff, folks. Um, you touched on something there, Brian, and I've never shared this on air, but many years ago, uh, I was hosting a, a podcast and I had a, a coach on. And we're a great show, you know, 40 minutes, whatever. We wrap up and yeah. I'm like, hey, thanks for the time. And the coach looks at me and says, man, I don't know who you think you're fooling, but what is this bullshit that's going on here? Like, whose life are you living? Now, at the time, I was top of my trade. Like, I was the best commercial broker in my market, not a close second, had done a number of really high-profile deals. And this guy cut through me, man, like a hot knife through butter. Mm -hmm. And it took a real slap in the teeth for me to even recognize, I knew I wasn't really happy, but I was working and having success. Well, I, I guess that's what it is, right? And it took a, a long time after that and intense work with, with a coach for me to recognize that I wasn't living the life that I wanted to live. I was living 
someone else's version of this life for me. Um, like the the images on your phone and the vision board and having it on your ceiling. Did were you taught that? I mean, is this just stuff that you did? Well, I, I think like a lot of people, when you like when I transitioned from sports to you know the regular entrepreneurship or whatever we want to call it, right? That was a, a very almost like brutal shift for me because you immediately clash with everything, right? I'm known as the meathead and the athlete. Now I need to be a salesperson and dress nice and and be this magical communicator. So internally, I'm, I'm faced with that, like, oh wow, this is a big change. And then externally, you're hearing it and everybody's telling you about it. So what did I do? I said, man, just like I did in basketball, I got to find the coaches and, and the information to help me get through this thing to learn. So immediately, right, I got on like real estate coaching and sales coaching. I started picking up and just gobbling up every book that I could get my hands on and studying the people who were successful in the business world and the sales world. And I picked up the habits from them, right? Like as an example, when I would read the book, as soon as I read, you need a vision board, I would immediately put a little tab on it, close it after I knew what the exercise was and I would do the exercise and then I would continue reading. Whereas I think a lot of people, when they read the book, they just read it. They're like, oh, that's good stuff. If I had an aha, I would stop and write it down or I would be like, oh man, I need to do that exercise right now. So I would put a tab in the book and do the exercise, whether it was a visualization exercise or the thing. And I was being a student to the game. And I think a lot of people want to be like the, the, the master performer, the master businessman, but they, they will not humble themselves to be the master student. Just like any, any coaching event that I went to, dude, any event, I'm sitting up front at attention, ready to take notes. First one to raise his hand, they ask for a volunteer. It's me. The, the coach is asking for us to do a presentation. I'll, I'll do it in front of everybody. Let's go. I'll do it because I've drilled it so much and obsessed about it that it's just going to come out naturally because, again, I'm, I'm the student of the game. And that's really what it was. All these things that that even we're talking about now, like the vision board, I'm sure everybody's heard it a million times, but who's actually done it properly? Not just went on their Google, on their computer and put out three pictures and went through the motions. I mean, you genuinely sat with yourself and said, what do I really want? What gets, gets me up out of bed? Like legitimately, what keeps me up at night? And you take it to that level. And that's all I did, man. I just really took to heart what they were saying, applied it. And I, and I didn't put my own perversion on it. And I think a lot of people do that, right? And I see that with my students. I teach them something and they want to try to nitpick. Oh, I like this. I don't like that. It's like, dude, take the blueprint and apply it as is and master that before you ever even think about making your own adjustments. Because that's just your ego and your inability to humble yourself to learn and apply the information right? And when I look back on it, it was just that it was the spirit of the student like that, that I, I always thought that was sacred, like the master to student relationship, when you read old books, and you find out about the samurai and the warriors, like that relationship was sacred. And even though today, we're not engaged in that type of culture, like we were before, it's still dear to me. And I really appreciate that. So whether I learn something for free from a coach or an instructor, or I pay a lot of money for something, I still cherish that. I will never disrespect those people. I will always honor them. And the information that they give me, I will take wholeheartedly and apply to the best of my ability to where I want that teacher to look at me and say, 
yes, he applied it properly. Talk to Brian. He's a good example of somebody who took the information and applied it, you know, earnestly, wholeheartedly, and actually did it right. So you're you're consuming incredible amounts of uh, educational pieces to to build the best blueprint. And as you said, so many of us like to tweak things, but there's a blueprint for this. Like so many have done this before, master that process. And after years of mastery, one degree shifts, maybe to tweak things to your, yeah. your, your specific circumstance. At what point did you think, okay, being a deal maker, building a team, uh, generating this revenue is wonderful, but I want to also teach and I want to transform lives and I want to empower. What was that journey like? You know, it's interesting because when I first started putting out content, um, I, I would say within a year, even though I wasn't big or well-known, I started getting a lot of requests. Do you have a video series? Do you have events that you do? Do you have coaching? And I was like, no, I almost got like upset when people would ask me that. I'm like, dude, just get to work. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right? <laughs> like, it's not that hard. Um, and, but I guess back then I was naive enough to think that everybody was wired like me right? Or was willing to be that student like me and work that hard because you just had to tell me once if you said, Hey, Brian, go, I'm the teacher, go knock on a hundred doors a day. By the time you finished your sentence, I was already out the door knocking doors. I wasn't going to sit there and ask you a hundred questions about it. Right. Um, so it wasn't till about probably three years in where I said, man, I've gotten so many requests now fine. And it was almost like it still felt like a nuisance, believe it or not. And then I finally created and Inman News actually uh, ended up like making an article about this and, and helping me and promoting it. I created my first little like um, door knocking mastery product, right? I did the cold calls and the knocking, but for whatever reason, people just gravitated a lot more towards me going door to door because I guess less people did it. So I created this little mastery course. It was about two hours long, nothing crazy, just on a lot of stuff that I had learned all my vast experiences of knocking on, you know, tens of thousands of doors over those years. And it just exploded. I think I sold it for like $300 and I sold, I think a hundred copies the first month. Wow. And people were just like, man, this is amazing. I've never seen this stuff. And I was just like, wow, this was like basic stuff to me. It's not like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like some deep dive 10 hour, you know, event on door knocking. It was just two hours, some good stuff, you know, that I, I thought worked. A lot of stuff that I had experimented with, right? And I was like, wow, like apparently this really helps people, right? So around that time too, I'm doing a lot of speaking as well. Uh, when I first started speaking, I started volunteering a lot to like local boards of realtors, local universities and schools to talk about entrepreneurship and real estate, just getting my name out there and really honing my craft as a speaker. Um, and I did that for about a year, year and a half. And then that's when I started being able to like charge and being invited and flown out to speak to places. And it evolved after that. But the first year, year and a half was me banging on doors, requesting to speak, right? I would go to even car dealerships and say, hey, you want me to talk to your guys about sales a little bit? Here's my credentials, right? So I, I did a lot of that in that first year to, to build that up. Um, but really, it's when I look at it, it was just this, this, this almost like, am I resisting this? Right? Because apparently me teaching is helping people and it impacts people at a level that I never thought possible. 
so then I started looking at becoming a better teacher and reading more books on that and doing training and coaching around that. And then it just evolved. So it, it took a good three or four years, man, three or four years for sure. And then after about five, five to six of being licensed and doing social media that I really started to embrace the title and really put that hat on and say, okay, I'm going to now build like a coaching platform and help people like I am now. Um, but it took a while. It took a while. And I think maybe initially I didn't think I would be interested in it. But as I started to do it and see the impact, I said, man, okay, th there's something here. And even to this day, like with all the students, it's just, it's incredible to see some of the impact that you have on individuals. And even in some recent students, noticing changes they've made in a month that maybe took me a year or two years to have that realization for them to have it in a month, a month. even though they don't know it yet, it's just incredibly impactful for them. So for me to recognize that, I'm like, wow, that's, that's really cool. Oh, without a, a doubt, bro, you're changing lives there. So many of us are stuck and even the high performers get stuck and we don't even recognize that we're stuck. We don't recognize that there's another level. And, you know, you fast forward 30,000 coaching hours later and hundreds of thousands of followers and millions of dollars in revenue, uh, you are legit transforming lives. So, uh, folks that are thinking about coaching and and I talk about this all the time I cannot recommend it enough it has been an essential part of my growth and if I would not have jumped headlong into coaching I never could have made the transition to the equity side the way mm -hmm. I did and it has totally changed my life at home at the office and everything in between uh, what can people expect and uh, is this a is this geared specifically to real estate agents? So initially, yes. Now I have salespeople, I have other entrepreneurs. I mean, it's really evolved. I would say it's still probably 70, 80% are people involved in real estate in some way, shape and form. Um, but because I've tiered it out and made different programs now as well, it's really just evolved into this like huge monster at this point, right? Because the higher tiers, you know, I, I do more stuff on branding now, becoming a better public speaker. Um, you know, we do some real estate investment stuff. I mean, we do a lot. So it's evolved. But initially, yeah, it was just very nitty gritty, basic, how to build your business as a realtor, some basic sales stuff. And then from there, it just, it really exploded after that, because I got so many people. And then the students started to evolve and get better results. So I said, man, I need to elevate my game and what I offer to match the growth that everybody's having you know, because even I was surprised by the results that people were getting, even initially I had people coming in who were 18, 19 years old in their first year, <clears throat> they make 100, 200, 300 grand selling real estate. I mean, it's just incredible. It, it is incredible. Uh, your services now include coaching, real estate, as you had said, public speaking, brand scaling, um, and in this this world that we're in it feels like all of the external influences are telling us it's not your fault um it's okay you know it's yeah. everybody else that has put this this on you and it is so damaging that mindset is it's it's literally crippling an entire generation it feels like um and there is a whole other world out there available to folks if they can just get this initial exposure to somebody like you. So 
as you're building this process out, you know, scale is hard, man. It is yeah. really difficult to scale. What what has that journey been like? What were some of the biggest challenges you've experienced? I know for us, scale has been, it feels sometimes like it's impossible. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I would need a whole other hour for this, right? <laughs> um, it's a lot, man. You know, um, you... We, I think as entrepreneurs too, we tend to be somewhat, I would say most of us, right? Probably like perfectionists. We like things done our way. We know that we we put our extra umph into everything we do. We would like for our employees and everybody to operate at that super high level that we do. So I find, and this was one of my initial sticking points, was being able to effectively trust others and let go. Because even when I had my first couple hires, I would still find myself looking over their shoulder double checking their work a little too much, you know, past the initial phase to make sure they know what they're doing. Almost like having this deep rooted insecurity that, no, I need to do it. I need to do it. Right. And I think for a lot of people, that's what stops them from even considering hiring somebody. Right. Another one, understanding that as I scale, especially like in my business and in a lot of businesses, my, uh, my profit margins start to shrink. Right. So now as, as, as the, the single guy who's just selling and has basic systems, now I bring on employees, I start upgrading my systems, doing more coaching, right, scaling my business, adding more agents, adding other employees. Now those profit margins start to shrink. So my volume has to increase. Right. So now, yeah, I'm replicating myself and building these people, but I need to make sure that, hey, OK, we're in the game now. It's not just me anymore. I have four or five other people on payroll. Right. I'm responsible for them. So I need to make sure that they're up to speed because if they're not performing at a particular level, I'm now paying them and I'm not getting paid. Right. So there's a whole and not just the number side of that, the psychological aspect of that, too, because it was all you know fun and games when I'm super profitable and it's just me. But now I have other people in place now. So psychologically, it can weigh on you, right? Am I doing a good job? Am I leading them right? So the whole mind game aspect that goes along with that too, right? And that was just on for my real estate team. With my online stuff, I mean, you brought it up, right? Uh, another way I see it is most people nowadays have a victim mentality, right? And to the point where they will sit there and argue with me how it's not their fault. And they'll, they'll, they'll state a case on how they can't be successful. And I'm sitting there saying, man, to the core, right? This person's identity, values, and beliefs at the core have been shaped to believe that they can't have success. They can't have money. They can't be a good speaker or confident or, you know, fill in the blank with whatever they want, you know? And if we're an adult, 18 and over, you can't point the finger anymore. You have to accept full responsibility for your life because even if there's aspects and things about you that you don't like, it's up to you and your responsibility to change them. Yeah, I can't change my height, but I can change my belief system for sure, right? It's not my fault that if my parents raised me a certain way, conditioning me about money, yeah, that's not my fault. But the moment I turn 18, I now have full independence and sovereignty over my belief system as an adult. I can now change it and it is my responsibility to change it. So then if I start looking externally at my life, where I live, my social circle, my finances, and I'm not satisfied, I have nobody to blame but the person who's staring back at me in the mirror. And again, that's a tough pill for a lot of people to swallow. And this type of talk nowadays is labeled like extremist, right? Which is nuts. But all it is, is really just 
us taking, because when you do that, push aside all the, the emotions and stuff that you have to deal with to accept. When you accept that, you now open up a beautiful new world where now you can literally do whatever you want. You're like, wow, it, it is my responsibility. Meaning I can go after and attain and create whatever I want. Let's go. Now the real adventure begins. Because when you allow yourself to be externally boxed, well, then you can't do anything. You forfeited all your control to the point that I see in the extent where people even believe they can't think a certain way. It, it, it's wrong to think that you can make a lot of money. What? So they're now governing our thoughts? Yeah. Like that would be the day when you think I'm going to be a millionaire and then the police show up and knock on your door. Hey, were you thinking about being a millionaire? You better stop that or we're going to put you in jail. Like, again, the way the world is going, that wouldn't surprise me, right? In maybe 50 years. But like, when you forfeit even your ability to think, ladies and gentlemen, you just, as a human being, your potential becomes zero. Because th th this is ultimately how far we go. And yeah. all we need to do is pick up a book and read and hear about all these people who have come up with incredible inventions and done all these things to move the human race and humankind and mankind forward, that you would look at them and say, wait. How did this person in this place come up with this idea? It just doesn't make sense. But it was all up here. So the the last two minutes might be the most powerful piece of this show in the last, since its inception, five, six, seven years ago. Manifesting is such an incredibly powerful tool. And folks typically link if they're manifesting in a positive way, oh, if I think it, it'll happen. That's ridiculous. They don't realize they are manifesting in a negative way. And they have predetermined that they cannot move past this level. If you think it, you believe it. I've got my book. I write it down every day, twice a day, once in the morning, once at night. You become it. It is, it, it, it's kind of wonky and weird, but it, it is all, it all starts with right here. And if you believe it and you say it positive or negative, that becomes yeah. your reality. And the more that we've, we have a book club in the office now, and the, the more and more that, that we're reading and, and we're educating ourselves, you come to realize that these icons that you put up on a pedestal and you think, oh gosh, they just had such a blessed life. Most of them yeah. crawled out of the depths of hell and failed umpteen times before they made it to where they ended up. And it was just mindset. 100%. Because, you know, and for like a practical application of that, and I'm so glad you brought that up because even that word now gets misconstrued because a lot of people think, well, you know, manifestation and law of attraction, like they literally think they can sit at home on their couch and think about getting a million dollar check and it's just going to magically be in their mailbox, right? Like, and I know you're laughing, bro, but I, I legitimately come across people who believe that. I'm like, dude, like you're mental. So in a simplistic way, when when we talk about shifting the thought process and the mindset, it that's literally, think of like a flower, right? And then you go underneath the soil. It all started with the seed. That's what we're talking about, affecting it at this level. When the seed changes, everything changes. Because now when that thought changes, you're now going to look and view the world from a different perspective. You will think differently, your thought patterns. You will process things differently. You will interact with the world differently. Your belief system about your potential will change. Your actions will change, right? And all these things started from that 
that base. Because the person who doesn't have the right mindset, you think they're going to be crazy enough to be an entrepreneur and knock on the door and get rejected over and over and over and over? It takes a different type of mindset to do that, that is out of the norm. But it started from that beginning portion of, I can do this. Yes. Right? If you don't have that, forget everything else. Just like James said at the beginning, we can give you all the systems and the blueprint. You won't. You'll, you'll be handed the blueprint. And then you'll give us a speech and a story as to why you can't do it. That's what will happen if you don't have the right mindset and thought process. And myself, James, and a lot of people are crazy enough, right, by society, by external, um, you know, labeling to do this stuff. But that's what it takes. And if they, outside of me, label me crazy, I'll wear it. Give me the crazy hat. Give me the crazy shirt. Because the results that I have have me more fulfilled, happy than ever. Right. And I want to deviate from the norm, right? By listening to this, by wanting more success and more money and personal development, you are the weirdo. You are the black sheep of the family. You are the one walking the path where everyone's pointing at you saying, Oh, look at this loser. Why are you going that way? We're all going this way, bro. Right. And it comes with the territory. But with that also comes, like we were talking about, the good stuff more money, right? More fulfillment, happiness more better communication, right? Better world perspective, right? Being happier, viewing the world in a different light. And to have that ease in my system, because that's been the best thing, James, is just ease. I live with so much ease and peace, bro. It's amazing. I see the world around me as just this chaotic beast of a tornado. And I'm just smiling, having a good time, good vibes. And that to me is priceless. So uh, I'm certainly not at the level you're at with the mastery of this uh these concepts it and and i'm glad you touched on it because it is a lonely path it, it can be um as you're climbing up the ladder people really do go out of their way to kind of distance or tear you down and and say some really difficult things that in the moment they're difficult to hear but the reality of it is is to grow your circles are going to change your mm -hmm. uh, the folks that you're with are going to change and while that can be a, a difficult part of the process it's an absolutely essential part of the process mm -hmm. you have to grow and and I have found that when you just get to the that outskirt edge where everybody kind of thinks you you're nuts you're 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 just about there. You're you're, you're right yeah. on the the cusp of something amazing yeah. and great. Um, you know, I'm working hard at trying to uh, accept that everything that happens is neutral. It's it really is. It's it's only how I allow it to impact me, if I allow it to impact me at all, that matters. And starting to turn the corner with having more peace and being more at ease with the decisions that I'm making because I, I see it's lining up and we're headed in the right direction clearly. Uh, but again, it, it is difficult, you know, folks that you've known for a long time start to fall yeah. out of your life and, and, you know, don't understand what you're doing and they think that you're nuts, but that's what it takes. So, you know, what, what is the, is this the ultimate for you? Is this what you had had thought you, you wanted and where you wanted team BC to be? Is this, is this its final iteration for you or are you going to continue to, to push boundaries or have you hit your spot? 
Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll keep pushing boundaries, you know, like uh, the whole uh, concept of the real estate companies going cloud-based, I thought was great, especially with the the fact that we can make revenue share and build these huge real estate networks. Not only does that support us financially, but I think it's great also for agents because they can get around some of us big hitters, get access to us and get some more education. And it'll help bridge that gap between the newbie and then getting a, a legitimate coach that helps them that's more specific and more specified for them. Um, so I, I, I like that. Um, and then the online stuff, man, like, uh, you know, one thing that I can comment on that really shook things up for me is I've always been kind of outspoken, right? Um, just generally speaking, whether it was about something controversial or not. And that's been the interesting thing for me and also challenging because the last three, four years, I've basically had a lot of my social media platforms like stripped away from me because I basically don't side with, with, you know, what the big boys are saying, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's been challenging, but at the same time, I, I look at all the stuff that I've taught and, and what my foundation is and it, it, it's affected me, but it hasn't at the same time, right? If anything has provided a new challenge for me to say, Hey, with additional resistance, can I still break through and get my message across and still grow my real estate business and grow my coaching company? And it, and yeah, it sucks to have some of those things taken away from you that you built. But at the same time, for me, it's like a whole new playground, right? It's just like you mentioned earlier, uh, the Tony Robbins quote comes to my mind. He says, nothing has meaning except for the meaning that we give it, right? So I look at it from my position, like, well, to me, I'm, I'm I'm standing for and defending the truth and the consequences that come with it, I'm willing to accept 100%, right? So moving forward, I've accepted that. I'm not going to complain about it. Let's move forward and, and, and face what we need to face again with the same spirit. And that's what I do because I get messages all the time. Oh, man, aren't you bummed out? I'm like, no, dude, I don't look at it that way. Is it unfortunate? Sure, but that's life. I mean, we were all even told and everybody says this, right? Life's not fair. You know what I mean? Everybody says that we were taught that. But suddenly, when, like you mentioned earlier, we get into this victim mode, we now want to use that as an excuse when even when we were younger, we accepted that life is not fair. It's not. But just because life is not fair doesn't mean that you can't be successful or achieve what you want to achieve. Again, that's up here. So, um, you know, the future for me, man, is just full of endless opportunities. Do I like my spot that I'm in? Absolutely. But we want to keep pushing because even on a personal level, um, I'm working on moving probably in the next six to 12 months into a property that has more acreage, like I want more land. I want to start being a little bit more self-sustainable, growing my own food, building my own crazy little workout complex in my house um, and doing that. I want to keep evolving everything I'm doing online. I would like to get back to speaking and traveling a little bit more, uh, but the whole situation with social media and me kind of being deplatformed uh, from a corporate standpoint, put a big block on that because a lot of companies just won't associate with me because of that. Um, but on a more entrepreneurial level, uh, you know, just connecting with people on Instagram and YouTube, I've still had a lot of opportunities. So I'm, I'm going to explore that more, you know, uh, but it's just been, it's been amazing to, to see the growth and, and kind of see how everything has evolved. Like you mentioned, uh, it does leave a bad taste in my mouth, the the TikTok influencing and all that and all the BS going around. So I almost see myself as a voice of reason, right? And I've, I've even said that on stage many times. I'm like, when you guys are done with the gimmicks, come to me because I'll help you build your business and get with the real. But if you want to keep running around with the gimmicky stuff, please waste your time, waste your money. And then when you're ready to face reality, come knock on my door. Well, look, uh, the... 
the world seems to be getting to a place where we are tired of being told what we hear with our own ears and what we see with our own eyes is not reality. And mm -hmm. people like you are emerging as absolute thought leaders. And I applaud you for it. I think it's absolutely incredibly courageous. And I, for one, and I know a lot of folks out there are very appreciative of your message. So keep it up, bro. I, I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing. Where can folks, where can I point folks uh, to learn more about the entire operation? Yeah, BrianCasella.com, just like you see my name, 1Y and 1S, two L's on the last name. That's the best place from there. Because everything, all my handles are at Brian Casella. Like everything is really, you know, in sync and synonymous. So it should be easy for you to find me. My website's the best place to get in contact with us and really check out the scope of everything we have to offer, whether it's the coaching stuff, the real estate stuff, like it's all there. Uh, as always, folks, all the links will be in the link tree below. Brian, I think uh, you're an absolutely amazing human being. I love what you're doing. Congrats on all the success. I appreciate you, my friend. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. As always, everyone, please stay safe.